WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. The time is 11.59. You were just listening to Erotica with award-winning adult film actress Nina Nygaard. On tonight's program, Nina illuminated us to fetishes involving vegetables people consider to be fruits. The temperature is 48 degrees with a slight damp chill in the air. The Cozy Corner Society of Dark Wizards are tired of being mistaken for the Society of Dark Wizards of Cozy Corner. In their words, they say they are, quote, tired of that crap and it needs to stop, else locusts and frogs will fall from the sky, end quote. Please be mindful of your neighbors. It's midnight. The Witching Hour. Time for WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio's most modestly rated program, The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. March continues with John Carpenter Month. Tonight, Dan and Faith will be discussing his 1981 film, Escape from New York. Enjoy the new theme song and stay spooky, kookies. Area. The next scheduled departure to the prison is in two hours. You now have the option to terminate and be cremated on the premises. If you elect this option, notify the duty sergeant in your processing area. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We are hard at work here on the graveyard shift. At least we used to be the Late Night Fright. We may be the debarkation zone now. I'm not <laughs> sure. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very A number one co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Welcome to all of you out there. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to Cozy Corner. If you're a return listener, thank you for coming back, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show tonight. We have a fun show, I believe. We are in the month of March. It is John Carpenter Month here on the show. We started off with 1980s The Fog. Faith, that's a movie you and I both really, really liked. Yes. Tonight's movie 
is a movie that you and I both really, really liked for a lot of different reasons. Uh, yes. Tonight's movie dares to ask the question, what happens when the director of Halloween and the actor who played Michael Myers, a.k.a. The Shape, get together to write a script and throw in Kurt Russell as the ultimate badass? Do you know what happens, Faith? What's that? Escape from New York, Faith. <laughs> the post-apocalyptic, dystopian, sci-fi, horrific prison break movie that features one of movie's ultimate badasses. This this movie is the movie that launched Kurt Russell's quote-unquote adult career. He, he transitioned from, uh, from more light fare into more adult-oriented roles, and boy, is this one to start off with. Oh, Kurt I Russell <laughs> as Snake Plissken, possibly the world's greatest badass we would like to thank the unnamed host of conspiracies that is a show that airs here on wkmf cozy corner public radio if you think your life is perfect guess what it's not conspiracies will illuminate you as to why it is not while shedding the light of truth on some of the bigger conspiracies out there affecting all of us he was nice enough to uh, send us the tape of the uh, debarkation uh, uh, dialogue there from the film we also have a uh, nice synopsis from him later, and uh, we're going to play when we get into our discussion of the movie proper. But before we can get into any discussion of Escape from New York, Faith, we have a little bit of business to take care of. Faith, what time is it? It's time for the news. Time for the news. Chumsworth, dietitian to the stars, says that proper nutrition and exercise are still the best ways to lose weight. But added if you're in a hurry, there's always crystal meth. There is. Robbie Impostato, our good friend Bobby D'Amato's best friend, just welcomed his first child, Roberta, into the world. Robbie says although she's only three weeks old, she's already eating solid food and is hammer curling 25 pounds. Robbie's wife, Diamond, has, in his words, quote, already gotten that fat ass back. That's fat with a PH, you numb nuts. And those tatas have never looked better, end quote. Congratulations, Robbie and Diamond, and welcome to the world, Roberta. Pretty impressive baby. Well, we have no new Gwyneth Paltrow news to report, but we're sure she's somewhere eating organic lentils and farting up a storm. We're also sure she's probably going to a market I'm sorry, she's going to market a new candle based on the smell of her farts. Gwyneth, while charming as a mofo in the Marvel movies, has apparently lost her grip on reality. God bless you, Gwynny. God bless you indeed. Uh, finally, we have an update here. Uh, Chet Chumsworth, dietitian to the stars, has been arrested for selling crystal meth. And that is the news. Well, the president's plane has crashed on the prison island of New York. It is up to Snake Plissken to get him out. That is the plot of 1981's Escape from New York from director John Carpenter. That is the movie we're talking about tonight on the Late Night Fright. We're going to take a very short break. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side.
WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is proud to announce the premiere of our newest show, Pokey Words, America's only radio show dedicated to teaching the average Tom, Dick, or Harry how to read Braille. Pokey Words on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. This is uh, Todd Wick, ordained minister, former Hell's Angel, and owner of Holy Smoke, Cozy Corner's premier Christian vape shop. Uh, Things have been a little difficult my way since the uh, flavored vape ban went into effect, and I was just wondering about this uh, prison I'm hearing about in New York. Now, did that actually happen, or is that something that you kooky kids made up there on the the show? Because uh, my wife Shasta has been a little ornery recently, and uh, I certainly would uh, like to send her there and uh, let her stay, if you know what I mean. Now, I love her. I'm a good Christian man, but uh, I have got to get away from this woman. Times are hard. I mean, people can only vape tobacco flavor and menthol. I mean, you know, at, at my best, I was selling stuff like egg salad, uh, whole roasted hog, uh, salted caramel, and uh, 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 dry white bread. I mean, I mean, you can't get those flavors anymore. Things are a little difficult at the Wick House. So if you could give me that information on that prison in New York and uh, possibly chip in a few bucks to uh, get a ticket to send old Shasta. Todd Wick certainly would appreciate it. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Thank you for keeping us company on the graveyard shift here. It is about 10 minutes after 12. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we're going to go ahead and get right into it. We're going to get right into it, Faith. (laughs) That's what she said. There it is. (laughs) I set you up for it. I mean, it was up there hanging in the air. I was waiting for you to go up and spike it, but, you know, you were a little... Well, slow in the uptake. Sorry. It's all right. It's late here in Cozy Corner. It is late, and we were out of coffee. <laughs> uh, should we tell Todd Wick, owner of Holy Smoke, that the prison we have been talking about in New York is not real, or should we just nah, let that stew for a nah, little while? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Todd, if you're listening, it's not real. <laughs> you should have waited a little longer. <laughs> uh, he goes to bed early. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So John Carpenter wrote the initial version of Escape from New York in 1974 as a response to Watergate and public mistrust of the president. That original script was deemed too violent. (laughs) Too violent. Makes me wonder what Uh, was in it. Right. (laughs) What was in it? So also in 1974, he made Dark Star, which flopped. He turned to writing. He made the film Assault on Precinct 13. That got him the 1978 film Halloween. The rest, as they say, is history. Mm -hmm. But uh, part of that history involves a two-picture deal with Avco Pictures. The first film in that two-picture deal was The Fog. We talked about that last week. We both really, really enjoy that movie. Avco wanted him to make the Philadelphia Experiment. He said he 
would rather make Escape from New York. They read the script. They go, this is great. <laughs> Apparently it wasn't too violent for the good people at Avco now, was it? <laughs> so Nick Castle, who played The Shape in Halloween, a.k.a. Michael Myers, is a wonderful screenwriter in his own right. He came in to polish the script. He kind of fixed the ending. He added some humor to it. His biggest character contribution was the character of Cabby, played by Ernest Borgnine. And uh, let's see. So we have a very short synopsis of the film, courtesy of the unnamed host of Conspiracies, which airs here on WKMF Cozy Corner. Faith, have you had the pleasure of listening to Conspiracies? I have. It's wonderful, isn't it's a it? Great show. And it will scare the ever loving hell out of you. Yes, it will. Now we got a tape in the mail from this guy. We, we're assuming it's a guy. We don't know. The voice has changed. So uh, well, anyway, here it is: a very quick synopsis of John Carpenter's Escape from New York. 1988, the crime rate in the United States rises 400%. The once great city of New York becomes the one maximum security prison for the entire country. A 50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline, across the Harlem River, and down along the Brooklyn shoreline. It completely surrounds Manhattan Island. All bridges and waterways are mined. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. There are no guards inside the prison. Only prisoners in the worlds they have made. The rules are simple. Once you go in, you don't come out. All right, that is, of course, the opening narration from the film uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis speaks in the film. Uh, but that does indeed work as a synopsis, I would say. The only uh, bit of plot I would add is the president has a tape that will change the world. We never really know what is on the tape. Air Force One crashes on the prison island of New York and uh, Police Commissioner Bob Hawk is kind of forced into sending Kurt Russell's Snake Plissken in <laughs> to get the president. So uh, we follow Snake on this uh, his crazy New York adventure and I don't think he's going to uh, be wearing an I Heart NY shirt anytime <laughs> soon no. after this. So let's get into it. Faith, uh, what did you think of Escape from New York? This movie is cool. It's it's fun and it is weird and I loved every minute. Of and it's it. weird in all the right ways. Yes, exactly. It? <laughs> it's so strange, but it's so entertaining and so much fun to watch. And it's so different from anything that we've seen from him so far. I know. Uh, we have not done Assault on Precinct Thirteen uh, yet. But uh, we have done Halloween. We've done The Fog. This is, uh, to date, if you're going in the chron uh, chronological order, the most ambitious film that he's done to date. I love this movie. I, it's hard to describe how much I love this movie. Uh, I'm going to use your word. So it's fun <laughs> and it's weird. It's right? just so weird. And, and it's, um, it's unlike anything you've ever seen or anything you'll ever see. It's just so... <laughs> You know, the, the Mad Max movies come close to this level of right. that. They're their own brand of weirdness. Yeah. This, this is something uniquely American. Yeah. You know, and I do think of the Mad Max films as being uniquely Australian. Mm -hmm. there, there's just certain things um, we appreciate. I've I've talked to people from Australia about the Mad Max films and there's things that they get that we we just kind of don't get. Right. We can appreciate, but when you see it, you don't go. Uh, this, you see it, and you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> what I love about this is the the B movie plot of this. The this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous. But but the thing about it is it's the simplicity of it. You know, know. The, the story <laughs> structure is so, is so simple. It's so effective in keeping in line with the John Carpenter. Keep it simple. Yeah. Stupid method of, <laughs> of working. Um, appreciate the fact that it's such a limited budget, but this movie looks huge. Now, Carpenter has a different experience with this movie, obviously being the, the kind of author of it. And, uh, you know, he, he sees it and I've heard him say in interviews, you know, the effects look dated, you know, this kind of thing. I mm-hmm. get that. I get that. I, I think they're kind of endearing. Yeah. I really do. do. You know what it kind of reminds me of kind of these effects and the look of it. It kind of reminds me of a video game in a way. Really does. And this was the inspiration for metal gear, hmm. the metal gear series of, uh, of games. So that's, that's an interesting. I take. did not know that. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, the character uh, wears, I'm not a big video gamer, but the character wears a uh, uh, patch. I mean, he's, he's modeled after Kurt Russell. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I'm going to keep saying this tonight, the weirdness of this. <laughs> and uh, they talk about, you know, the, uh, it's the world that they made. You know, mm-hmm. that's what exists in this prison. And look at this world. You have crazies living under the streets. You have Isaac Hayes running running the streets. You know, it's 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 like the thriller music video when he gets in there, you know. Except Pretty there's much. no zombies. <laughs> uh, this movie has a lot of great dark humor, like when he uh, takes refuge in the uh, store and the people start coming up from underground. The crazies do because it's end of the month and they need food. Yep. You know, but let that sink in for a minute too. Um, no, but did you notice the name of the store? Chock full of nuts. Chock full of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the other thing this movie has going for it, it's so absolutely quotable. There's yeah. so many quotable lines in this movie. I wrote a few down here. I mean, call me Snake. <laughs> you know, the name's Pliskin. You know, Duke of New York, a number one. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, too, is it just keeps moving. Yeah. The thing, it's it. I, I wouldn't call it a roller coaster. More like a steam locomotive. <laughs> you know, it just, it just keeps plowing through. And... The situation goes from, and and this is, uh, I think these are highly technical terms here. So, like the way that the stakes kind of keep getting raised for Snake Plissken's day. This is what how his day goes. Are you ready for this? <laughs> so it starts off at poo, and then it transitions into crap. It swiftly moves to shit before becoming full blown diarrhea, <laughs> which is. I think how his how his day goes. I, I think that's fair. I, I definitely think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I am old enough to remember New York in the 80s. Now, I did not go to New York in the <laughs> 80s, but uh, I remember what, uh, you know, seeing things about New York in the 80s. And basically in the 70s and 80s, this was not a far-fetched idea, New York being this bad, you right. know, this awful place. The year that this movie came out, 1981, New York City had its highest number of murders ever. Goodness. So it it was not what it is now. Right. You know, it got cleaned up significantly in the 1990s. And uh, funny enough, New York gets cleaned up and the Yankees start winning World Series <laughs> titles again. I, I don't know. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds of that? I don't know. I mean, you get uh, the mainframe computer to run some numbers on that. <laughs> So the other thing, uh, I always enjoy a movie that has a ticking clock, and this literally has a ticking clock uh, that our character is wearing. Uh, you've got a great character at the center of this in Snake Plissken. You've got a great performance. I, I think a star-making performance yes. from, 
from Kurt Russell here. And then it's just all of the elements of Western, the Western and sci-fi and horror all kind of mixed together. This is such it's it's really I'm, I'm putting this together now in my head. It's really kind of chock full of nuts. It's like the bag of <laughs> right? you know mixed candies or something you get yeah. from the store. There's so many different elements here and they all just kind of sit nicely together and, and play and, mm-hmm. and hang out. And uh, one doesn't overpower the other. And then it's an action movie on top of it. And it's also in the prison escape genre of films <laughs> like Escape from Alcatraz or a movie like Papillon or something like this. Uh, and then... With John Carpenter, you always have to talk about the music. One of my favorite Carpenter scores here. Yes. I love this theme. Uh, I I really adore this movie. It's hard for me to quantify why I love it so much. It's just this experience. It is. I was going to say, it, it is hard to kind of describe why it's so good and why it's so much fun. But I think, like you said, it, it's an experience and it's something that's so different and unique. Yeah. You can see the influence of this on something like Die Hard, even mm-hmm. you know, because you're you're, you're one location, you right. know, kind of thing. It, this it's such a weird, awesome movie, and and it's unlike anything I've seen. It's, I know. it's, it's very hard to describe it. You really just have to experience this for what it is. If you have not seen this movie, you you really need to you know do yourself a favor and watch it. It's, yeah, this was my first time watching it, and I don't think it it's what I expected going. <laughs> That's a that's a great question. What did you expect going? Because I didn't tell you anything about it. No, and I didn't. I didn't look it up. I, I I've, I've kind of come to the point where I like to just go into the movie kind of blind and then go from there afterwards. And I don't know. You know, I think I was ex- expecting a little more horror, being that it's John Carpenter a little bit, and it's so much more. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like you said, it, it, really, it is. really is so full of so many elements. Yeah. And and, and 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 they work so good. And they don't, like I said, I don't feel like they overpower, Mm-mm. you know. No. Really a great movie. Um, one of the things I'm so thankful for with this movie is that this gave Kurt Russell that next phase of his career. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell is one of my favorites. The studio wanted either Charles Bronson or Tommy Lee Jones to play this role. Carpenter had worked with him on a 1979 TV movie, Elvis. Kurt Russell played Elvis. Kurt Russell has a... Interesting history with the King of Rock and Roll. He appeared in one of his films. Kurt Russell's first <laughs> film was It Happened at the World's Fair. That was an Elvis Presley movie. So he was in the nice. movie with him. He played him in the 1979 TV movie. There's a movie called 3,000 Miles to Graceland that deals with Elvis impersonators, uh, <laughs> robbing a casino or something like this. It's a pretty good little movie. <laughs> he also voiced Elvis in Forrest Gump. Wow. So there you go. <laughs> There you go. He is not doing an Elvis impersonation here, though. He's uh, channeling his inner Clint Eastwood in <laughs> yes, this film. Clint Eastwood. He channels Clint Eastwood in this film, and he uh, channels John Wayne in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. We're going to get to that <laughs> later in the month. But uh, during the 1970s, now, I was not aware of this. He was a, the top star at Disney. Hmm. The top star. Um this was a major transition for him, and this also led to a collaboration with John Carpenter, including the Elvis TV movie. They've done five movies together. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, he's kind of like Scorsese has De Niro. John Carpenter made movies with right. Kurt Russell, and uh, uh, I, I love all of the movies they've done together. One of them is one of my all-time favorite movies. Going That's to. next up on the list. If you know your Carpenter history, you know what movie that is. Yes. <laughs> It's something, something. 
<laughs> there you go. Uh, Kurt Russell appeared in the film Death Proof that we did here on the show. That episode <laughs> is available wherever podcasts can be found. Our good friend Cade was kind enough to come in and talk about that film with us. What do you think of Kurt Russell? I love Kurt Russell. Everything that I've seen him in, I absolutely love him. I think he's just, I don't know, he's so great. The word underrated comes to mind. That's a good word. I actually him. have that in my notes for him and for this character and I feel like for this movie because I didn't know much about it or this character. Mm-hmm. It's a sad thing that I didn't. <laughs> yeah, this is because, and that's a great point because I was not familiar, like I said, with his early work. Mm-hmm. Now I was aware of it, but I I'm, didn't see it. Right. Um, I've only been aware of Kurt Russell as the badass, mm-hmm. you know, badass Kurt Russell. Right. Me but too. the thing about him is, He's a great actor. He can work in any genre in any size role. I've seen him in big roles, supporting roles, mm-hmm. and he's always great. And he's got he this great presence, and he's got a real workman-like craftsmanship about him. You know, he's mm-hmm. not—he's a perfect fit for John Carpenter because we talk about Carpenter being the not flashy guy. Kurt Russell's not the flashy guy, right? He's not the flashy guy. Now he was born in the show business. His uh, father, Bing Russell was an actor. This is a funny story. This has nothing to do with Escape from New York, but I do want to plug this. Um, Bing Russell owned the Portland Mavericks. Uh, They were a baseball team, an independent minor league baseball team. Kurt played for them every now and then. Kurt Russell really loves baseball. His his, uh, son, Wyatt Russell, has said that in interviews. Like, Dad loves acting. He really wanted to play baseball. There's a documentary about the Portland Mavericks that's available on Netflix called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. I'm a huge (laughs) baseball fan. I didn't know this story. This It doesn't matter if you like baseball or not, or if you like sports. You have to see this documentary. This is wonderful. And just as a nice little aside to that, uh, Big League Chew, the chewing gum, actually was developed by one of the players on the Portland Mavericks. That's very cool. As a dugout thing. So <laughs> um, it's it's a great, uh, great documentary. I think he's great. He's in it. Talking, It's a valentine to his father, Bing Russell, but also about that time in Major League Baseball and in the time in the country. So very much worth a it watch. Sounds good. So, but uh, let's get back to Snake Plissken. What did you think of Snake Plissken? Because this is, like I said, uh, you're transitioning from these kiddie roles into more adult-oriented fare, and this lands in your lap. This this creation, yeah. You know, now he had a lot to do with kind of uh, uh, you know sculpting who this guy is. Right. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But this lands in your lap, you know? <laughs> what did you think of uh, Snake Plissken? Again, I think he's an underrated character because I did not know who he was. He he is iconic to... Certain... You know, he, he's... Groups, maybe? He is regarded, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, but it's interesting because, yeah, maybe not a lot of people know like about this movie. I feel like maybe I've seen him, but I don't think I knew who the character was yeah. necessarily. And I am so glad that I know this character now. <laughs> yeah. He is awesome. This guy really defines outlaw anti-hero. And yeah. anti-hero, if if you're not familiar with that term, is a character that lacks conventional heroic attributes. <laughs> so I was thinking, I'm watching this. I've seen this movie several times. and uh, But I'm watching it this time, and I'm thinking about uh, like the characters of Harrison Ford, like uh, Indiana Jones and Han Solo. So you've got the reluctant hero with those two. Mm-hmm. And then you've got somebody like a Dirty Harry who we did an episode on Dirty Harry. That's out there. Check that out. We both really enjoyed that. And Clint Eastwood's character is considered to be a vigilante, but he has his own moral code. You know, right? He'll skirt certain things, but he's he's not a he's not the bad guy. But he has he does have a code. Mm-hmm. 
not Snake Plissken so much. He is all about self-preservation, and he's got this streak of nihilism in him, which I am I, I am told, at least through reading and, and listening to interviews, that John Carpenter has a streak of the nihilist in him. I think you can see it in this yes. movie. Um, and we were talking about Kurt helping sculpt the character. The eye patch was his idea. So, and he wears two in the movie. Does he say why? He Just thought to- it. He thought it would be a, a great visual. I mean, and, I like it. And he's <laughs> right. Um, one of the th- <laughs> let, me, let me get this little bit of info out, and I'll say one of the things I think is kind of funny. Uh, but he wore he wore two eye patches. One was for dialogues, and he couldn't see out of it. And then the action scenes, he had one he could actually see out of. But he still would take it off because it just he said it would throw everything, <laughs> everything off. But uh, one of the things I find really <laughs> I find really funny about the character is uh, he's a one-eyed snake he's a one-eyed snake let that sink in make your own draw your own conclusions and then he has that snake tattoo coming up out of you know on his you know belly area you know Uh draw your own (laughs) own conclusions the big swinging snake there it is the one-eyed snake uh i love i love this character i really do think snake plissken is the ultimate badass and i and this is one of those characters he just absolutely doesn't give a shit nope self-preservation outside of that screw you you know we're going to talk about it he may or may not gain a little bit of humanity throughout this endeavor though possibly maybe we're that's that's a question we're gonna we're gonna talk about so the uh, the world of New York is populated 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 is populated <laughs> by uh, by some familiar carpenter faces. We have Donald Pleasance, uh, Doctor Loomis from Halloween. He plays the president here. Why the president of the United States is British, I have no <laughs> idea. Charles Cyphers, who played uh, Sheriff Brackett in Halloween, he's the Secretary of State. He's also in the Fog. Tom Atkins, a uh, return engagement from The Fog. He plays one of the guards. Adrian Barbeau, she was married to Carpenter. I think there might be a little bit of nepotism there. Possibly. 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 No, she's a great actress. She, she is. Yeah. Uh, she plays Maggie. We have some new additions and some really great and fine actors here. Lee Van Cleef, most famous for his role in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And that, to me, his casting here, besides the fact that Lee Van Cleef himself was a badass, uh kind of tells to me carpenter's making a western you know he's putting one of the great spaghetti western stars of all time in this film and lee van cleef uh the way his career was he kind of reminds me of rick dalton from once upon a time in hollywood a little bit you know <laughs> really became famous in spaghetti westerns um academy award winner ernest borgnine plays cabbie he's absolutely wonderful he was wonderful in everything he was in one of my favorites harry dean stanton uh best remembered for alien i would i would imagine uh he's in a lot of stuff he was in the 2012 avengers film uh roger ebert said if harry dean stanton or m emmett walsh were in a film he would automatically give it uh two stars <laughs> didn't matter how bad the movie was if they were in it two stars harry dean plays brain he left us uh not too long ago that was a that was a big loss he was he was he seemed like he was a great neat guy and uh Soul music legend Isaac Hayes playing the Duke of New York, A number one. Probably best remembered these days for playing chef on the early seasons of South Park. If you only know him for that, you need to dig into this guy. His his discography is amazing. He started off as a staff writer at Stax Records. He played piano and organ on a lot of those classic cuts from Otis Redding, Sam and Dave. He wrote 
everything Sam and Dave released as a single while they were uh, on the Stax label. And uh, Soul Man is his tune. That's, you know, when something is wrong with my baby. All these great songs he wrote, and then he became a great performer in his own right. Won an Oscar for writing the theme to Shaft. Wow. Isn't that something? That's uh, amazing. He was a great presence, and uh, seems like he was a, a really lovely guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love Isaac Hayes. Yeah, I've I've always loved Isaac Hayes. Yeah, he's 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 special. He, he yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Susan Hubley, who was Kurt Russell's then wife, has an appearance as the girl who gets sucked into the floor in the chock full of nuts store. <laughs> and uh, we also have a voice cameo from Jamie Lee Curtis, as we mentioned. She does the voice of the computer. She would also reprise that role in 1996's Escape from L.A. So uh, three movies in a row with Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> and um I don't have the numbers on this, but I do believe that Jamie Lee Curtis is now the uh, most. She's the actress with the most movies here on the late that we've night. We talked Friday. about, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, she I do, is. <laughs> I am too. Yeah, uh, this is a very strange world. Faith, these are some really great actors populating this world. Very unique and different. You know, I'll kind of have a look about them. Yes. Were there any standouts to you, character-wise or, or I mean, almost, acting? Almost acting-wise. Really, I think they were all. They just kind of popped up. Let me see who I wrote here. Obviously, Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, Bob. Uh, Bob Hawk. Uh what was his name? Ernest. Ernest Borgnine. I loved him. Cabby. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was great. He was one of those actors. Big role, small role, didn't matter. You know, uh, could play the main main character or play. You know, a uh, supporting uh, character. He, what else was he in? Uh, he won his Academy Award for a film called Marty. Uh, he was in uh, The Dirty Dozen. He was in just a whole bunch of movies. And he's one of his those guys. His face gu- looks familiar. Yeah. But she just, yeah, I couldn't place him. He's one of those guys. Uh, you know, there's certain actors uh, like this. Uh, when you say, uh, man, he's in everything. What's he in? You can't think <laughs> of a single film that they're in. But those two movies in particular uh, pop out to me. The Dirty Dozen and uh, uh, Marty. As I said, I want to can I tell a quick Ernest Borgnine story. Go for it. So about 20 years ago, Billy Bob Thornton made a movie called All the Pretty Horses that starred Matt Damon. I think it's based on a Cormac McCarthy book. But I was I was uh, reading an uh, interview about the movie, an article about it. And they were talking to Matt Damon and they said uh, he said the strangest bit of advice he got from Billy Bob Thornton when he was making the movie was he said, uh, all right, I want you to do this next scene like you're. Uh, like your head is up Ernest Borgnine's ass. <laughs> All right. That's funny in itself. And then the weird thing is like in, in my strange abstract mind, I can like make that. I, I It's like, I understand what you're saying. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that funny? Yeah, like, it is. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to do this next thing like your head's up Ernest Borgnine's ass. <laughs> Whatever that means. I get it though. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I really like uh, Harry Dean Stanton's brain. Yeah. Yeah. Don't call me Harold. Again, I think the whole cast, they were all so different, but they all stood out and were yeah. so good. This is a movie. We were talking about the fog. The movie functions as a whole piece and you can't take any one thing out of it. And Escape from New York is really that same way. It's so lean and it has to be because of right. the uh, budget restrictions on it mm-hmm. made efficiently, not cheaply, as we like to say here. Yes. And uh, you can tell that all the money's on screen. I love the special effects in this movie. I love that uh, he cut the corners where you'll see like the computer image of something <laughs> happening and you and you hear that it happened, you know, because they just didn't have the money to do this. Right. You know, but it doesn't it doesn't take well, away yeah. from it. Right. I think it adds to it. I if think so. anything. This movie 
feels like the ultimate midnight movie. Like you go in and you watch this movie like it has to be dark to watch this yes. movie. It needs to be dark outside watching this movie because there's not a lot of light in it. Mm-mm. You know, um, we're gonna, let's talk about the setting. Uh, we, we mentioned this in the in the fog episode. Um, the hallmarks of Carpenter's style, which includes uh, the setting, the straightforward uh, nature of his visual style, the sound design, mm-hmm. uh, widescreen is one of the things. This movie looks bigger than it is. We're going to get to that with the setting. And then uh, we added, uh, there's a sense of isolation that we were noticing throughout his filmography. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that here. Uh, let's start with the setting. Now, the setting is New York. Uh but this was filmed in St. Louis, and St. Louis was just bombed out at this time, and they had free reign. They said Kurt Russell said no one was on the street. You know, he said one time he walks around, he's got his guns on, you know, and all this, uh-huh. and he said some, as he said, uh, uh, some dudes uh, <laughs> came around like, hey brother, it's all right. He said some bums, they just walked off. But there wasn't, he said there wasn't a lot of noise. They had free run. So uh, did you? Where did you think this was filmed? I honestly didn't know. I thought maybe a stage okay (laughs) yeah it was it was filmed in st louis yeah i think it looks i think it looks great but um st louis notwithstanding what did you think of the setting of new york for this i loved it and we talked about you know things being i think the city is a character for this movie his settings become characters characters. (laughs) and what a character this place is this is this is hell i mean snake plissken is going through hell and is populated by weirdos, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it, it's amazing. A place as big as New York City is, it feels claustrophobic it in does. this movie. It does. You know, and that has to do with how he presents it, yep. you know? But, oh, my gosh, yeah, it's... This is not a place you want to go. No, no. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not at all, no. I think he just... He does so good at that whole gritty, dark, you know... And it feels genuine. Yeah. I want to make that point. His grittiness always feels genuine, mm-hmm. not Hollywood gritty. Right. You know, we're we're gonna go be dark and gritty in this film. No, this <laughs> one feels yeah, it's all genuine. Um, we talked about the straightforward style, the presentation. You know, there's not a lot of fancy camera moves here. Uh, there's not a lot of fancy special effects. There's not a lot of fancy anything. As you said it's very dark and gritty. Um, is this a movie you like to say, uh, you know, these things pull you in? Carpenter is a master of just pulling you in. Were you immediately pulled into this story? And, and where did it start working for you? Yeah, it it did pull me in instantly. And I think the moment that I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool was when Snake Plissken was needed. It was like, OK, you know, when he when he his story purpose comes up, right, when he comes up to bat mm-hmm. as it is, you know, because you see him for a bit there. Yeah. And it's kind of neat because if you don't know what's going on, you see this guy, it fades to black. Right. So <laughs> times pass. He's just hanging out and then he comes back in. And I think he's needed because he you have to see him there at first, because if he just comes in. Yeah, you know, it just kind plus of. Plus you get the shot of him walking down that corridor. Oh, and he. Again, everything about this guy when he shows up screams badass. I know. <laughs> like, this guy's a badass. He really is. Don't mess with this guy. No. <laughs> Do you think that Carpenter's uh, visual style aids this this film? Because, uh, again, be, I, I this is my own feeling here, that because of the budgetary restrictions, that they have to just be boom, boom, boom. You, know, you, you can't be any chuffa on this. <laughs> um, um no fluff. Uh, do you, I, I think his style works yeah. for this material. Yeah, I agree. 
I yeah. think so. Uh, sound design slash music. I love the sound design. We I haven't do too. we haven't talked too much about sound design. Uh, well, we didn't talk much about it with the fog. We we focus on the score, but I think the sound design here is really good because I was watching it and I was noticing like just just e- even the sound. It's not as still a movie as mm-hmm. the fog, but even the sound <laughs> is just uninviting. You don't want to be in this place. Yeah, I was you know? thinking the same hearing, thing watching it. hearing something in the distance, you know, like a can <laughs> or something. You know, it's you. This is again. I don't think Snake's going to walk out of here with an I Heart NY shirt no, on. No, you know? no, not at all. Uh, the score, though, this is uh, one of my favorite Carpenter scores. I know Halloween. Now, Halloween is his big contribution mm-hmm. to film music. I think the Escape from New York theme is the finest thing that he wrote. What do you uh, like so much about it? I like the Western aspect of it. If you speed it up, like mm-hmm. they do in. Uh, Escape from L.A., you can really hear the the, the cowboy movie overtones. Mm-hmm. That doon, 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 doon. Sounds like Clint Eastwood, you know, right. riding off on his horse <laughs> or something like this. Um, what I really like about it, though, uh, he's, you know, he's always had this talent, but he gets to express a lot more talent here because there's some stylistic things that he's doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the theme sounds like Carpenter. That main oh, yeah. theme, you, you know, it's Carpenter. But... When Isaac Hayes shows up, there's a there's this music cue. It's kind of almost disco-y, you know, very uh, uh, almost poppy R&B in a way, mm-hmm. you know, reminds me of something, uh, you know, it's got some BG sounds in the drums a little bit, but uh, he, he stretches, you know, because there, there's just more for him he's able to do here. I, I like the tunes here. This is a really cool soundtrack to it, listen to, It really to, by is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I, that was one of my favorite things. I feel like I always say this music, you know. His music fits the atmosphere of his yeah. movies, and it's so cool. That heartbeat, it just because the heartbeats match mm-hmm. it, the the vision. This is a guy with a vision, and the guy has creative control in these early pictures, and and just you know, I know. <laughs> this is a lesson when you let a talented guy and Deborah Hill. We haven't mentioned her this episode, but Deborah Hill. Uh, co-wrote this with mm-hmm. him and his producing partner. Uh, I say co-wrote. She produced it. I'm sure she contributed. Uh, she's not credited as contributing. But, um, you know, when you let these talented people who know what they're doing, and I think John Carpenter could take duct tape and silly putty and like a magic marker and, and, and put something together and it's going to be, be compelling. And he's going to be able to use art. it. Yeah. And, uh, and you let them make a movie like this, and you're not making a movie by committee. And I'm looking at the comic book movies and Star Wars and all these things. You let them do their thing and let an artist you know, put their vision on screen. These are the kind of things that happen. You know, yeah. We see that these days. Chris Nolan is able to do that. Quentin Tarantino is able to do that. There's, there's a few other people out there, but those are the two that come to mind. Yeah. You know? I feel like we talked about it maybe in the fog, kind of people's identity in... Um their style. I feel like a lot of movies are made with just a purpose now. Kind of like here's this agenda or this purpose and a lot of somebody's style. Well the 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 purpose is first and foremost always money. You know? right, right. Let's not forget that. Yeah. But this is a medium. No, I don't mean that. I, know, I mean I, know. I mean the topic of the but movie. But there's an is... agenda. There's a political agenda. Right. Yeah, you know, his political agenda here is, you know, there's this distrust of government. Right. You know? Okay. He hits you kind of in the head with that a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, but it's not, you know, he's it's not ticking a box, right. you know. Exactly. It doesn't feel like that, you know, at least. And I feel like the, the style kind of is lacking from, from, you know, 
these uh these there's people. a homogeny to modern films yeah yeah <laughs> now to be to be fair uh uh one of my uh screenwriting professors said you know oh they don't make them like they used to he goes no that's because they never made them like this you know <laughs> so i mean you know you get these these guys and girls who who pop out you right. know every so often you know there's always crap you know but this this guy has a vision you know and, and there are visionaries out there mm-hmm. you know and this is what happens though when you let them make a movie i know yeah you know? <laughs> uh so final thing before we take a break uh we talk about we're finding this sense of isolation in in his in his work uh do you find that sense of isolation here yeah <laughs> i mean i think you literally see this guy who's isolated from society and wants to be isolated yeah. from society <laughs> exactly so um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting picture. It, it, really, it really is. It really is. It's kind of hard to kind of hard to describe it and explain it cuz it's just so weird and different. Like I said, weird in a great way. So much so much iconic stuff here. Mm-hmm. You know, and iconic doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's popular, you know. Right. It's just so much iconic stuff. Here. It's just it's a weird, strange place, and and I can't take my eyes off of it. But it's not David Lynch weird. It's 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 just you know strange and right? grimy it's, and gritty. Yeah, it's 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 hard it's to describe. It's hard to describe. It really is. It really is. So I tell you what, we are going to take a very short break, and when we get back, we are going to wrap up our discussion of Escape from New York, and maybe just possibly we will find the words to describe what this movie is and how awesome it is. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is proud to present The Straight Dope with Harrison Ford, WKMF's number one rated show. Why is The Straight Dope number one? Because people want The Straight Dope on The Straight Dope. This is uh, Harrison Ford, host of the uh, little program or whatnot. Join me on uh, whatever radio station this is. I really don't know. I'm going to... Be reviewing some green. I'm talking about paraphernalia, the culture that surrounds the green and paraphernalia, and I'll probably be sharing some experiences. Or not, I, I really don't care. I don't even know why I'm hosting a radio show. They're paying me. The Straight Dope with Harrison Ford. Every day at 4.20, only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I'm so high right now. How much higher could I get? None. Hey y'all, this is Shasta Wick. There is no way that I'm getting on a plane to New York. Oh, and feel free to kick Todd in the nuts if you see him. He's only got one since the surgery.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. Thank you for keeping us company here on the Graveyard Shift. It is about a quarter till one, almost time for us to wrap it up. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we are going to indeed wrap it up talking about Escape from New York from the great John Carpenter. March is John Carpenter month. It's been a lot of fun so far and we have a lot more good movies to talk about. So I want to ask a question first. Uh, Snake Plissken at the beginning of the movie Faith says call me snake he goes through his adventure um doesn't get the t-shirt that says i heart new york but uh at the end of the movie he says call me pliskin so did you make anything out of that is there something uh, I mean, to look for do you feel like he maybe finds a little bit of humanity and connectedness possibly 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 he does ask the president you know you know a lot of people died you know you know getting you out of there <laughs> what do you think about that you know i He's standoffish. I, I don't think he likes the system. He doesn't like being no. manipulated. He also could be given Lee Van Cleef's character a little bit of crap there. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, you know, he does take the tape. Uh, the tape could end this war that's going on between Russia and China and the U.S. Uh, we're not exactly sure what's on the tape, but I, I, I do think his, uh, his anti-hero cred is untarnished at the end of this. Right. <laughs> So I don't, I don't know. It's a good question, uh, but it, it feels, is a good question. you know, the, the name thing, you know, gets me, I, I think he might just be screwing with him too. You know, I don't, I don't know. It, I was thinking that too. Cause I mean, it almost kind of feels like maybe in a way he feels like he was played and. Oh, he, he definitely know. feels like he was manipulated. You know, so yeah. I think maybe that's, you know. And he was manipulated. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. How much longer until I blow up? <laughs> <laughs> How much longer? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's wrap this up as we do here. Favorites. Uh, I'm gonna go. I have a list here. Uh, favorite thing about this movie, and anyone who knows me knows this about me. I am a conspiracy theorist, and as I've said, if you get to call me a conspiracy theorist, I can call you a coincidental theorist. Um, I have a healthy, and I want to stress that healthy distrust of authority. I don't believe you should automatically respect authority just because it is quote unquote authority (laughs) respect and trust have to be earned. I like the healthy distrust of authority and government in this film. I like that vibe. It feels genuine too. That's the thing. This does not feel like it's coming from a malicious or spiteful Mm -hmm. place. It feels like it's coming from a very real fear. Yeah. You know, that's, that's being expressed on screen here. I appreciate that about that, about this movie. Um, I like the efficient B-movie vibe of it. This feels like a B-movie. It does. Uh, It is a B-movie, but it feels like one in the best way. Uh, Anytime Snake Plissken opens his mouth, I really love the scene uh, he has with uh, uh, Hawk, with Lee Van Cleef at the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. The president of what? Yeah, it's maybe my favorite line in the movie. Uh, the Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine performances, I think, are great. Uh, the Harry Dean Stanton's great. The whole cast. It, it, it's hard to pick a performance outside of Kurt Russell. I know. You know. Uh, also, I think this is a picture of its time, but it is still very amazing. You can still see its influence on people like Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, as we said. You know, uh, Watch the movie Planet Terror that Rodriguez did. It's a John Carpenter movie. Yeah. There's a movie that's out now. Uh, I say now. Recently, in the past year, they said uh, it's very Carpenter-esque. The, the score was very Carpenter-esque. So, I mean, it's still people are trying to cop his sound, his style, his, his feel. You know, these, these are 40-year-old yeah, I mean, movies. Why wouldn't you want to? But Exactly. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> what about you? Were there some favorite uh, things, moments, lines here? Yeah, I put, and I love the music. I love the sounds. Obviously, Snake Plissken. He's just, he's awesome. Uh, I love that fight scene in the ring. <laughs> yeah, with the baseball bat. I don't think bats. I expected that to happen. <laughs> yeah, trash cans of shields. Yeah, the gladiator moment, you know. Again, yeah. those B movie, those uh, gladiator B movies, you know, from back in the day. You know, it's all these things thrown in. Yeah, I like that they thought that, you know, he was going to go down and and then it just goes quiet and they start chanting his name. <laughs> Yeah, great. It's it's wonderful. And then I just love the fact that he has explosives in his body and there's this urgency to so he doesn't blow up. Like, we know I blow up. Like what? It's yeah. so weird, but I love it. I love uh Kurt Russell's uh choice to play him very Eastwood. Yes. I think he got that cuz I mean Snake Plissken is kind of related in a way to the man with no name from Clint Eastwood's uh <laughs> filmography. So I mean, it, it's all these great things hanging out, yeah. you know. Um, it, this is not kosher to say in some circles. It's really not. Uh, there is a sequel to this movie. We're going to be getting to it at a later date. That is just as fun and entertaining as this <laughs> Escape from L.A. I think it's even more funny if, if that's possible. And uh, it, it's a fun movie in its own right. I, a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that, but I think it's I think it's wonderful. Also, uh, remake alert. Uh, yeah, they're going to be doing a remake of this. Carpenter movies have been subjected to remakes and they're perfect to begin with why remake that um i I think that escape from new york is a movie of its time i don't know why you would want to remake this they have been trying to do this for a while now the argument could be made well look how good mad max fury road came out i don't know uh Mm. you know snake plissken could work in today's setting i don't know they've been trying to do this for years gerard butler was attached at one point kurt russell came in and said "Eh, you know gerard you know uh you know snake should be american mm-hmm. uh for my money we have a very healthy uh kurt russell still with us he is still uh you know i, I he's very fit i would love to see one more kurt russell snake plissken film escape from earth because where else can he where else can he can he escape from <laughs> right you know of course you know with the way things are going now maybe escape from beijing or something i don't know you know i mean there's there's, there's viruses and all this crap out there but um I, I would love to see one more kurt movie now the screenwriter i can't remember the guy's name who's uh putting this together uh he wants his son wyatt russell to to play snake plissken I, and i i get that i get mm. that but I, I don't know. How would you feel about a remake of this? Uh, honestly, I'd, the only way I'd probably want to see it if Kurt was in it. So you just want a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. I, Again, I, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It, um, yeah. Because I don't, thi- like I said, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, it's not. Really, I mean. The other thing, too, the Carpenter remakes have such a bad track record. The Fog was bad. I didn't like the Halloween movies. I, I, mm. I know a lot of people out there might. I, I did not like the Rob Zombie Halloween films. Uh, they remade. Uh, there was another one they remade. Um, it, it's escaping me uh. right now. But it, it they made Assault on Precinct 13. That wasn't a terrible film. The Lawrence Fishburne, Ethan Hawke movie. It wasn't terrible. But, you know, the, the, the Carpenter remakes, you know, it just it, it, it's been happening. Yeah, and I, would, um, I don't want to see this one remade because yeah. I think this is such a nice piece of work and just exists here in 1981. Yeah, I, I agree. You know? I, I just, I guess I can't picture what it would look like today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mentioned Wyatt Russell, and I, I want to mention this. This has nothing to do with Escape from New York. Uh, 
Wyatt Russell is in a show I recently discovered called Lodge 49. It aired for two years on AMC. There's 20 episodes. It got canceled. Like a lot of people, I wasn't aware of it because AMC didn't you know, really uh, push it the way they should have. Uh, it was uh, executive produced by Paul Giamatti. Yeah, award-winning actor Paul Giamatti. Uh, I, I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little different. I like that. <laughs> and uh, Paul is out there, or at least he was recently, trying to get this back on the air on some network to do a third season to finish up finish it up mm-hmm. and uh i have to say I, I came late to the party i got on the reddit forums was checking it out a lot of people came late to the party it's on hulu now streaming so we binged it we all watched it and everybody who is who has watched this has the same experience with it they say it's absolutely wonderful and it is and for me to tell you what this show is i was trying to explain it to faith it's hard. My friend Cade tried to explain it to me, and he said, man, you just have to watch it. So my advice is you just have to watch it. If you have Hulu, please watch Lodge 49. It is everything about life, the, the sublime moments of life. Very hard to explain. It does have kind of a Lebowski vibe. It has kind of a David Lynch, Twin Peaks vibe. That's still not doing it any justice. It's, it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. It's a wonderful show, and it's a wonderful world to get immersed in. And watching that show, I actually want to live in that world. That's, that's the thing. And uh, a great show about friendship and, and, and life. And, and he's one, but I'm going a long way around. Wyatt Russell is really great in that show. Hmm. And he's the son of Kurt and uh, Goldie Hawn, and, and it's worth seeing. Yeah, I... I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, and he's he's done some really nice work in some some bigger and, and low budget films. Wyatt has, and uh, uh, so anyway, Lodge Forty Nine, like I said, has nothing to do with <laughs> with uh, Escape from New York. But uh, I, you well, know, it's, when it's we when we hear of good things, yeah, <laughs> we we like to pass those along. So, Faith, do you have anything else you would like to add about Escape from New York or any movie or TV shows you would like to plug that don't have anything to do with Escape from New York? <laughs> No, I think I am good. What about you? I'm good. Watch this. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely, definitely check this out. It's 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 worth seeing. So, next movie up on John Carpenter Month. I'm very excited about Faith. Faith, would you like to tell them what the next film is? The Thing. The Thing. This is uh, this is going to be a good one. I know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite movies. It's one of mine, too. It's it's a wonderful film. I, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about that. So uh, it is getting time for us to close up shop. How do I know it is getting time for us to close up shop? Because I see our good friend Bobby D'Amato, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. He is standing here in our doorway. Oh, look, Faith, he is sitting down. He's putting on the headphones. Uh, he has his records. with. Oh, and he has a tape. He is handing me this tape. Bobby, what is this hey you guys i just gotta say snake plissken for life i love snake plissken president of what i'm a badass love it listen uh you guys remember that band uh hanko's hen house you remember that band they did that song uh, about the black boots and the stockings it's like uh all them bass players they got like four bass parts you know (laughs) well listen they heard you guys was doing the escape from new york episode and those guys, okay, you know what they told me? They said, Escape from New York, A number one, you know, because they are huge fans of this movie. In fact, they actually did a, uh, a Snake Plissken night. They all put on, like, the eye patches and stuff, and they went out and they played. So it's like uh, it's like four bass players and a drummer. So uh, they wanted me to bring this to you guys. They did an all-bass rendition with some drums of the theme from Escape from New York. So this is uh, Frank 
Don, George, and Mario of Hanko's Hen House doing the uh, doing the Escape from New York song, and they asked if 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 you guys play out the show on this tonight so you think you guys could do that you think you could do it i think we can do it i i definitely think we can do it i do (laughs) i do like that band it's not very often that you hear uh a four bass player band (laughs) uh it's an idea (laughs) whose time has either come or needs to be forgotten we (laughs) we don't know I'd also like to add, you guys, the movie Escape from New York reminds me of the time I met my ex-fiance's parents. I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, it was weird and it hurt, okay? Goodness. (laughs) Wow, Bobby. Thank you for that. Listen, you guys, I'm going to go get ready. Enjoy the tune. Great show. I will see you guys next time. Well, Faith, (laughs) it it appears we're we're not going to be doing our usual sign-off. That's uh, all right. But uh, we should sign off, shall we? Sure. Go ahead. Well, good night, everyone. I was thinking of our usual. Oh, I was just going to say good night. Let's hear some music is what I was going to go with. (laughs) You know what? That works. That works. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, John Carpenter Month continues with The Thing. The episode on The Fog is available now, as are all of our episodes. Those are available wherever podcasts can be found. Have a safe night. Be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbor. We're going to see you on the other side. Here it is, Hanko's Hen House with the theme from Escape from New York. (laughs) 